It is about 4.10 here in Seoul. I'm just about to leave my apartment and head down uh, to cast ASL. I am so glad to finally fucking be casting again. It has been forever. Uh, <laughs> I've barely had any work. Um, uh, we are here in the midst of coronavirus. Um, there's been a huge outbreak here in Korea. Um, this has been really interesting to follow. Uh, I have never seen South Korea react to anything so strongly, and that includes um, missiles being shot from North Korea. So it's been pretty wild to be in a huge Asian megacity uh, and watch this stuff unfold. I'm curious to see how many more esports events are going to be canceled and or delayed because of this. Um, I'm also wondering what's going to happen with the economy globally because so many things are getting shut down. Um, so many gatherings are being stopped, basically. It's going to be really interesting to see this thing unfold. Um, I actually was in Japan at Evo uh, when I started reading about this, and um, <laughs> I was wandering around. You know, I'm, I I keep up with the news, but I thought, okay, this is probably not going to be anything. And then uh, by the time I got back to Korea, I'm such a hypochondriac. I had a little bit of a cold, and I thought, oh, fuck, I probably have coronavirus. But uh, it, it went away in two days. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's been crazy to see what's been going on with this. Definitely uh, wash your hands. Um, if you're in one of these cities where it's an issue, wear a mask. Um, anyways, uh, I was at Evo. All my StarCraft work had been delayed, so I thought, why not go to an eSports event that I'm not covering and just kind of hang out as a fan and do some interviews there. Uh, first of all, Evo was fucking awesome. It was really cool to meet some of you guys that listen to the podcast down there. Um, I got the chance to sit down with Anakin. For uh, those of you who are mostly uh, acquainted with StarCraft, Anakin is the best American Tekken player. A really cool guy. I was really grateful I got to sit down and interview him. Uh, if you're watching this on video, first of all, I'm sorry. It looks kind of shitty. We just had one camera that we set up in my very tiny uh, Tokyo apartment. So um, there's going to be a couple interviews that we have in the tank right now that are going to look like this. But when we do more recordings back here in Seoul, it's going to be looking better and better. We already have plans to improve uh, the stuff we already recorded in Seoul. So anyway, sorry in advance. We thought about not using it, but then thought, you know, fuck it. Let's just throw it up. Um, anyways, it was really good talking to Anakin. I think you guys are going to enjoy this. Uh, I guess we can go ahead and start it now. Okay. So we're here on um, the first day of Evo. How have your games gone so far? The first day of a big tournament is usually a mellow day, you know, especially for a tournament like this where you have like thousands of people. Not everybody is going to be a you know, cutthroat professional. And the first day usually is all about kind of weeding out the strong players from the week. And everyone's somewhat separated for the most part. And it was a mellow day for me. I advanced through to the winner's side. There are three phases of the tournament and then a semifinal. So we completed phase one today. And then I'll be competing tomorrow. That's when the good stuff starts happening. So we were talking about this a little bit before uh, we got to the room yeah. up here. But um, I mean, you're the big representative from NA. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think this is true not just uh, in Tekken, but it's, it's been true in StarCraft and other games, but I think NA sometimes has just a little bit weaker representation in games. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Absolutely agree. Um, I've been following not only Tekken, but a lot of other competitive games over the years. You know, I'm just a lover of video games and you know competing in general and you know following storylines from all all different games you rarely see representation on the biggest stage and when you see them they're kind of just like an afterthought you know the americans were there they competed but in the end you know we got korean champions japanese champions european champions and uh I, a lot of a lot i find myself thinking about why that is a lot of times yeah and i guess my theory in the end or where i'm at right now is just 
I think the way that Americans approach strategic games, you know, they're not really uh, giving the games credit enough to where it's like, I need to put time into doing this. I need to get better at it. And when the average American player that is starts off playing, they're just winging it and they're, they're doing their own thing. And as a result, I think like the overall average skill level kind of just starts off on the wrong foot. You know what I mean? Is it also possible uh, it's just simply a regional thing because, you know, that continent is so far away it's harder to get players that are gonna be able to compete at the same level you know asia is so dense there's so many people here perhaps um, yeah yeah i would say the geographical advantages definitely uh, are a factor in a, a country like japan or korea you know for in, in tekken's case you have the best players in the world just a short subway ride short taxi ride away and they can meet up and play and that's been the case for decades right and you, you mentioned that i represent the united states and then my greatest american rival lives uh, across the country in San Francisco. I'm from Atlanta and we don't see each other until we're already at the tournament. So it's not like I'm able to play against him on a regular basis. We're not really able to, you know, kind of train each other up. But uh, in the end, it's just about working with what you got. You know, I come from a strong Tekken city as far as America is concerned. And I'm really grateful that I've met the people that I did meet and took the path that I did take. But so I don't really think about that too much. I kind of just like roll, roll with it. You know, one thing about fighting games in general, um, is that there's so many of them. I mean, I'm an RTS guy, and like we don't actually have choices. Like you have to do StarCraft yeah. if, if you're into RTS. No Command and Conquer. <laughs> yeah, there's no. no. I mean, you can do Warcraft Three. I mean, there there are there have been other games, but you basically you don't have a lot of choices. So, mm -hmm. um, Tekken is especially now it's bigger than ever before. But uh, when did you start with the Tekken franchise, and and was it in part? because it was like the game at your local arcade or was there a reason why you picked this game specifically over others? Uh, it was pretty, pretty, pretty straightforward. I enjoy fighting games, so it's not like Tekken is the only one that I played as a kid. And I've been playing Tekken for a long time. Um, I'm turning 29 years old this year, which is crazy to think because my very first tournament was in 2002 when I was probably like 11 years old or something like that barely oh over old enough to even reach over the cabinet sticks and everything so i'm definitely like very very uh battle tested in, in tekken but it all just comes back to the arcade days like you said you know tekken is an arcade game first and foremost and as a kid every day or you know on the weekends my father would take me to the you know we'd go family trip to the mall and that mall had an arcade and it all started off just me playing those redemption games, trying to get tickets and just being a little kid. But um, I saw that there was this one particular machine that just had a group of guys standing around it. And there was no other game in the entire arcade, you know, whether it be air hockey or just, you know, whack-a-mole. Nobody's really playing the game, uh, any game like they were playing Tekken. And I was so curious as a kid. You know, I played a little bit of Tekken 3 because as a kid living in like a large apartment complex, we the kids often traded games around and I eventually just got my hands on Tekken 3. That was the first Tekken that I played. And when I saw Tekken in the arcades and I saw all those players, I thought, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. I beat up my sister. I beat up my father at home playing Tekken. <laughs> and, you know, when I got that first received my first pounding from some of the local arcade guys, it was just, you know, love at first sight. I just couldn't get uh, enough of Tekken and just being that little kid at the arcade who, you know, the older guys were looking at talking trash, making fun of each other every time they would lose to me. That was more motivation for me to just like stay with that game. So as like the days went on as a kid, it stopped being about going to the arcade to win 
to- uh, tickets for candy and everything, but just standing at that one machine every single day trying to win more than I did yesterday. And my father was just extremely supportive. You know, he was really glad that to see uh, the group of guys playing, they were good people and he could tell and he didn't mind leaving me there, going around the mall because they would watch over me. And that was kind of like the history of where it all began. And what's cool about that is even to this day, those guys that I grew up with as a kid playing Tekken in Atlanta, they're still friends. You know, they're a lot older now, but they're still following and I still see them on a regular basis. They 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 always just message me, hit me up, you know, wish me well in tournaments. So it's like a family that that we have out there. Wait, so you were going to arcades as a kid. I just had a curiosity. Um, what what other arcade games did you play? Um, After... I started Tekken, it would just straight up be play Tekken, and when you lose, you have to wait in line. If there was a rotation on that one yeah. cabinet, I'd go play some light gun shooters. I enjoyed Time Crisis and House of the Dead. Oh, that yeah, was just yeah. it. That was just it. You know, I learned pretty much how to last uh, a long time. Time Crisis 1 or 2? Or... Every single time the new Time Crisis came out. Yeah. I'm, I'm all on it, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. getting my reflexes ready. Uh, I really enjoyed those games. <clears throat> those, those were pretty much the ones. Um, I tried other fighting games, but I guess in the end, I just you know, felt in love with Tekken. That was the one. So did your um, competitiveness, it, it was birthed then in the arcade or did you dream of, of going to tournaments um, down the road or did you find out about tournaments or, or how, how, what, what is the history of you starting uh, as, as a young kid, um, starting to, to take out these older players yeah. in, in arcades and then, uh, you know, here you are, we're in Tokyo now mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're one of the top people this tournament. How did that, how did that story how did you end up here? Yeah. I remember my very first tournament like it was yesterday. You know, a lot of people, when they enter their first tournament, they usually just peace out really early, 0-2. They don't do well. But I remember there was a flyer at my local arcade to go to another mall with another arcade there. And there was like a tournament, you know, a competition. And my father took me all the way up, to, up, up, you know, Georgia. And we went to that tournament. I saw all the friends that I played locally there. And it was just a blast, you know, to like pay 10 bucks and fight one opponent, move on to the next round. It was, I think growing up, I was already super competitive. I have one older sister and she's like the overachiever. She was just like the perfect role model and everything. And my parents would always just say, you know, you should be more like your sister and everything. And so like, it just, it was, I just wanted to like, do good at something you know yeah and then you know my grades were good but they would never be up to like par with her grades and everything <laughs> and so i just that was kind of like my thing you know and i think that's why my dad was so supportive was that he found something that uh, his son really liked and is kind of like improving on and it's building character in some ways yeah. he's being social with these guys and you know there's it, it was kind of like a fellowship that went on and that was kind of how it started going to that tournament i got second place which was super crazy because i was still like i said just 12 years old the guys at the time were probably in their late teens early how, how 20s old was the guy that beat you he was also a prodigy as well he had just oh, really yeah his name was orario his dad owned the arcade and he had just uh come came back from that's a sick advantage <laughs> yeah it's great it, it was very unfair because yeah. the game wasn't even out yet on console <laughs> the kid could just go there and yeah. play every day at, at the arcade but he had just got he was fresh off getting second at tekken 4 nationals uh, he lost to this player from uh, san francisco and kind of he was the hot shot player in atlanta and I think that everybody understood, you know, he was the guy. Nobody really stood a chance, but I went up there and, you know, got my, that first taste of defeat in the tournament. And, you know, I was hooked after that. You know, I was just waiting on the next flyer to pop up at the arcade. And it wasn't until a little while after that, you know, because at the time, Internet usage was like kind of fairly new. And so like announcements for tournaments like that weren't as prevalent and it was a little harder to find. Um, just competitive gaming in general was just kind of 
you know, whatever. Um, there were there weren't major tournaments. Guys are driving hours to other states just to prove a point. You know, not yeah, to win yeah. thousands of dollars, but they just want to rep their city. And that was kind of like the humble beginnings of the FGC back in like the early two thousands when tournaments started, kind of starting up. I remember that you know vividly. So, like, but like I said, since I was a kid, you know, I wasn't really able to travel, and I was just for the longest time I remained local, just like a ATL player. And then, yeah, you know, as the days went on, I would move out of my territory regionally, going to Tennessee going to florida when i was like 15 16 years old or so like i said my dad was just the the most supportive father i remember him driving me to miami driving me to houston texas those are 12 hour drives just to stand there and watch me play so i owe a lot to him you know as far as getting that tournament experience and not stopping you know at a loss and not you know keep going and everything he's always been able to offer a lot of advice starting off when i was young and that's kind of like my earliest memories of starting that's that's interesting because a lot of People have parents that are not yeah. supportive. Yeah, for uh, sure. I, I, um, did your dad play games growing up? Uh, no, absolutely or? not. He's like a Vietnam War vet. You know, really? he's just that. He's just that guy. And <laughs> I'm not sure what it was. And I, I remember him saying, you know, the reason why he was supportive is just because the people at the arcade they were good people, and he he wanted me to like be around them and everything like that. And it's good to have uh, older role models in your life. You know, with all these, all my friends growing up as a kid were like older than me. So I got to see a lot of, you know, positive examples, bad examples, you know, you know what kind of footsteps to follow in. So I think I, I got a lot of compliments going like, oh, you're so mature for your age. You're just so chill or whatever. But that's, that's probably because I was just hanging out at the arcade every single day, you know, instead of going to like soccer practice or going to whatever. I was just at the arcade chilling with all these guys and I was just that quiet kid. And that's kind of actually how I got the name Anakin. They gave me the name Anakin. Because of Star Wars, the Phantom Menace. Yeah, had yeah, come out. I was, that was going to be one of my questions. I was that little kid, and they yeah. were like, yo, that's the chosen one. You know, he's going to grow up one day to like uh, carry the banner. He's going to represent, yeah. bring balance and everything. <laughs> you were the pod racing yeah. champion. It was, it was, <laughs> the it, it's funny. It's funny how, you know, how it goes. I'm still here, still Anakin. Yeah. When you um, started competing, you started at a really young age. And, um, you know, there's always talk about. Uh, how the mind develops when you start something very early. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's part of the reason why you're successful? And and could you have been successful if you had started Tekken, let's say, 10 years later, like at 21 or, or 25, uh, when you're an adult, and, and had the same amount of success? To, to be honest, I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. Just because. Um, historically, uh, Tekken is one of those games that takes a very, very long time to get good at, you know, and and that's because it's it's so deep, it's so advanced. There are a lot of things you have to think about. And as a kid, I wasn't thinking about any of that stuff. I was just there playing, pressing buttons, doing my attacks because I liked them, doing this because I liked it, without really much of a thought process. And that was kind of like my philosophy in Tekken. A lot, a lot, even sometimes to this day. A lot of my play is just based on instinctual reads and everything instead of just like being that technical lab monster who knows everything about the game. You know, I get in there and I'm in your head, you know, I'm in your head. I'm trying to do I'm trying to mix you up. And that's kind of like my style. That's how I play. But um, I think, like you said, you know, when you're young, you can learn a lot faster. And I think we've seen it uh, time and time again. Even now, when you see a new prodigy, you see like their play style. It's so carefree. It's so like dangerous. And that's because like you're young and you don't really have that much to think about, right? And you're playing against an adult who's just like, his, their mind is just filled with all these thoughts. And you can see it in the game. Now, how much faster you can be when you're not thinking as hard. Yeah, I guess you don't have other stuff to worry about too. Because mm -hmm. I've always thought adults can pick up on stuff, but. Yeah, when, when when you get older, you just have so many more things going yeah. on in, in life. Right, right. 
when you're a kid? You mean you're not worried about girls? You're not worried necessarily about grades that much? Or it's a little money? easier nowadays too, just because like since Tekken has really emerged recently as like the premier fighting game, you have a lot more content creators. You have a lot more resources that you can utilize to improve your game if if you are really that dedicated. So I think that nowadays, you know, you see players come in and two three years later they're already like a threat they're already dangerous and that's because of the growth that the scene has experienced over the years but back in the days i remember just taking 30 minutes on my 56k to download one match you know oh, just yeah. one video <laughs> a one minute combo video spending all just to watch so it was a slow grind back in the day that's why i was just at the arcade every single day getting taking my beatings and and learning how to get better pretty much i wrote stuff down on little pieces of paper things i want to try out and that's kind of how i got my foot into like you know strategizing a little bit more and kind of working on my game piece by piece just because like uh, you know i felt the potential you know just i might win a game here and there you know especially getting second in my first tournament i felt like this is something that i want to do good at and not knowing what would come of it of course because i'm just a kid playing a game um, but it was still something that I was very, very passionate about because, you know, once you find that thing that you love, you're going to stick to it for as long as you can. Were you ever intimidated when you were young going into those environments? Because I know, I mean, especially in arcades, that's, I think, among the most intimidating environments to compete in in a game. Yeah. I mean, most, most competitive uh, players are playing online mm -hmm. you know at home in the comfort of your own bedroom. yeah you're in your you're chair in that you sit in all the time it's <laughs> you know you might have oh, yeah. your cat or your dog oh, yeah. around where <clears throat> to go um to a you know to a lot not not just a live event but to be adjacent to somebody Absolutely. that you're competing against Absolutely. that you're trying to destroy what was that like for you as, as a kid man i i actually am fortunate because uh being in atlanta you know your average typical gamer is not that you know eccentric they're more like introverted and they're quiet they're shy they don't really talk a lot of trash yeah. unless it's over the mic on online or whatever right so you know your typical gaming person is not going to be that hostile but atlanta was the exact opposite of that those guys that went in there i don't know if you could curse i'm just gonna say they trash talked yeah all the time they would it would just be nonstop. It was like a madhouse in there every single day. And there I was, just like a little 10-year-old kid, just yeah. standing there, like, <laughs> loving it. Because one of the best things was when I beat an older guy, like, everybody would give him hell for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it was just yeah. like, yeah, I like it. And then it got to the point where those guys would just get so frustrated with losing to me that they would try to, like, intimidate me when they step up. They, you know, like, puff their chests out and, and start talking trash while they're playing. And it was just... Like I said, as a kid, I didn't really think much of it. You know, I'm not going to get beat up. They're not going to beat me up or anything. So it was more fun to experience that, you know, being bred through like the fire and all the uh, just raised by wolves out there, those savages in Atlanta. And like in the FCC, especially for Tekken, that's our reputation. We talk trash and we love it. You know what I mean? We like to represent. Um, we had a chip on our shoulder as a community when we emerged onto the Tekken scene. It was like West Coast dominated. And we came onto like the forums saying, hey, we, we play Tekken. And those guys were just like, they brushed us off. So that's what I said. Like when we traveled back in the day or when they traveled, because I didn't travel, uh, it was to prove a point. And Atlanta had that point to prove. That's why we're currently like one of the biggest, most popular places to play Tekken in the States. And not only that, but we have a lot of, bit, a lot of character, you know, our city to say the least. I think that has a lot, it has helped a lot with nerves and just being around uh, tournament environments in general. Like, I've never been nervous. I've never felt intimidated by anybody. And I think that it's kind of the opposite from my opponent just because of how stoic I can be sometimes. They don't really know what's going on in my head. And that's like, 
in, in a way so become you, part you, of my you strategy. you never get nervous? You ne- yeah. Even, even on stage? Never. And, yeah, pretty much yeah. never. And that's just because of, you know, there's no point in being nervous. You know, I'm usually just in that flow state. I'm so focused on my match that if for one second I say, oh, what if I lose? Then your concentration is like broken. You kind of waste it. And you're going to look back in retrospect, like if you lost that match, you're going to just be beating yourself up. You know what I mean? Like, oh, man, I wish I wasn't nervous. I wish I played better. So my goal is just to go in there and be as relaxed as possible and play my best. So if I play my best, the result is going to happen, you know, and I'm not going to hang my head low. I'm going to, you know, have my head held up high, you know, in, in, in loss and in, in, in victory. So that's kind of like the way I rolled and it's it's worked out for me so far. How do you get ready for a match like like here at Evo? Do you have any kind of ritual you go through or, <laughs> or any... Um, um, and I think the preparation, like gameplay wise, going into the tournament is the most important thing. Um, I'm not, there isn't really like a lucky sock that I wear or anything like that. <laughs> um, it's more or less just scouting because for the big open tournaments, you know, we have a thousand players at Evo Japan this year and the, the brackets are released beforehand, you know, a week or two or two in preparation. And that's what, that's where the time the pros are taking to kind of prepare for the tournament. They look ahead at potential routes that they take. You know, they're looking at the bracket, not only that, not only like where they're playing, but who their potential other opponents could be. So like um, when I'm preparing for tournaments, you know, I have a potential this opponent. He uses this character. So let me just look up online, see what they play like. You know, let me just maybe practice their character for a little bit so I can get into the mind of uh, a Jin Kazama user or a Leroy user. And that's kind of what I do. I play pretty much every single character in the game. I'm very well balanced in that sense. And I'm able to follow along with my opponent a lot of times. And that's kind of like the preparation that I take. I'm just uh, make, make sure you know who you're going to play against because you don't want to just sit down and not know who you're fighting against, right? Yeah. And that's probably the most important thing. And then just the usual stuff, eat right, sleep right, you know, make sure you take care of yourself because those long days are no joke. You know, you might start at 8 a.m. in the morning sometimes. You might start at 10 and you might not be there until you might not be able to leave until 12 hours later. You got to fit meals in there. You got to fit, you know, maybe a rest. And just being in those venues, those large venues that it's nonstop loud, all the all the all the people, all the all the talking you got to do. You're meeting uh, fans, you're meeting friends and it could take a lot out of you, you know, especially if you, you have matches coming up in an hour or two. And that's kind of like uh, sets. That's what separates like an elite tournament experienced player from somebody who's really good. And just like at their first tournament, they're probably ex- you know, spending too much energy, just having a blast, not really knowing how much that could affect uh, their gameplay later on. What are your plans for for this tournament? Are you, are you just going to try to win the whole thing, or do you, or top four would be enough, or yeah, yeah, top th- eight? This is my first time going to Evo Japan. It's a different beast altogether, just yeah. because we're in Tokyo, not America. So the average skill level, you know, the guys that you don't even have a clue who you're, you know, the non-famous guys, they're actually a threat as well. And so I really went into this tournament having no expectations. It's kind of like the off season right now. The Tekken World Tour isn't uh, scheduled to begin until April. And I think this is a really, really, really good tune-up opportunity to kind of like see where I'm at, especially since the game went through recent changes, new characters, a little bit of balancing and everything. And that's going to, there's, there's more to come, of course, balancing. That's that's something that you got to do. Just make sure you're active overall. And I wanted to not be so like dormant, just be at home. I could have been easily at home watching the tournament. You know, that's what I yeah. like to do. I like to watch tournaments when I'm not attending. It's a different experience watching it at home, but I decided to take, you know, that opportunity to come out here and see where I stack up. And I had a really good year last year. I placed really well at a lot of major tournaments. And so, of course, I think I do have 
personal expectations. But like I said, I just want to play my best. I want to play good and make sure that I don't have any regrets, uh, win or lose. So, of course, every every time I sit down, I think that I can win. And I know that I can win. And so, like, I'm going for first place, of course. But then if I don't win, uh, it's always – it's okay. You know, there will be another tournament. There will be more chances. And as long as I improve after losing, then that's what matters the most. How much are you uh, traveling these days? Because whenever a game really starts to – to, to pick up yeah. and Tekken 7 I think is absolutely in that mm-hmm. phase I mean Tekken's always been a big game but now it's it, the momentum that it has behind it is huge and um, obviously so much of being a pro is is practice mm-hmm. and, and knowledge as well you have to know a lot about the game but you have to be constantly training and, and, and um, it seems like there's so many Tekken tournaments going on all the time does that interfere with your ability uh, to maintain your skill? Um, no, not really. Uh, thankfully, you know, these days I'm more active than ever as far as attending tournaments, traveling and everything. Uh, since I've been sponsored by Red Bull, there's a lot more just traveling to not only play in tournaments, but just to attend as a spectator. I might be there. I might go somewhere to just like hang out with the local scene. So I've been doing a lot of just travel side projects and everything. And uh, it gives me a sense of purpose, you know, when I'm out and about. Instead of just being at home all day, I could always play Tekken no matter where I go. I've got a mobile setup and I enjoy going to different cities in America and playing with other local communities. And one cool thing about America, although the player like skill is not all there, sometimes we do have the best tournaments. You know, that's why everybody comes to Evo in America. Everybody comes to the premier tournaments in the United States. That's one of our advantages. So, like, uh, I enjoy going to tournaments. As it, ever, I'm, I'm competitive, so I've always just been up for going to tournaments. A lot of people don't like tournaments. Like good players, they prefer to just play longer sets and kind of like, kind of in order to kind of see who the better player really is. Because you know, with tournaments. The limited time and everything, you know, forces everybody to play short sets. And so a lot of times we aren't seeing the full story when it comes to a matchup between two players. You know, that's why um, some people prefer tournaments. Some people prefer long sets. I love tournaments just because it's like the king of the hill type environment. Last yeah. man standing. That's just like my competitive drive. Just it's such a feat, too. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like how many dead bodies are there's below no, you. There's no other feeling. <laughs> yeah. Than just winning a tournament or just doing battle on stage, and if you're representing, that's even better. You know, like that's why I always like throw up the A when I'm playing, just to let everybody know where I'm from, Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, that's kind of uh, my thing. I love tournaments. I'm never gonna get tired of them. So, the more travel, the better. What do you think of? Um, well, let me rephrase the question. So, in StarCraft, sometimes we'll say if these guys play a hundred games, this guy wins. But in a best of three or a best of five, you know, there's enough. Yeah. There's enough tricks and techniques. Oh, where yeah. you can throw somebody off, but it, you know, once they figure out maybe some of your bullshit strategies, or um, oh, y- you play a certain way and it's a little bit gimmicky, and if I figure that out, I can I can map around yeah. that. Um, I I, must, I imagine it's the same thing. It's with the fighting exact games. same yeah. thing. It's the exact same thing. So StarCraft, you might get six pulled or whatever, yeah, right? Exactly. And that's one game already down. And a lot of times in Tekken, you get off to a bad start, and that's when the pressure starts to sink in. That's when the butterflies start appearing. Uh, all that you know the, the the tension in your body you feel it you know when you suffer a bad round bad game but it's all about composure and i spoke a lot about just being not nervous and always like keeping a level head uh that's why you got to be ready for everything and even in this in this tournament especially it's so dangerous for the reason i just mentioned some random guy could just sit down and be like this killer he could just have that style for you he could just have yeah, that game plan he just shows up and with th- something yeah, and you he just beat, seen he, it he'll beat you and then lose the very next match <laughs> and that's kind of like those landmines that you're trying to avoid that's kind of like it excites me you know what i mean yeah. the danger that that's out there and um so yeah it happens 
it's it happens every almost every single tournament you know there are a lot of top players and not everybody's gonna make it um i know that and this isn't just the case with you know fighting games but competitive games in general there's always this talk about what role the publisher plays you mm-hmm. know you look at let's take league of legends riot is very hands-on i mean the most hands-on out of any company uh, with valve and counter-strike hands off um they let you know esl run their tournaments they, they'll let the market basically decide um blizzard somewhere in the middle um most companies that publish fighting games seem to uh, oftentimes have the hands-off approach. Yeah. Um, but it seems like with um, Bandai Namco, they're, they're they're getting more hands-on. What is your take uh, with um, the tech and publishers and and, and uh, how they handle the tournaments and competitive play? I think for a majority of the time, prior to Tekken 7, it was hands-off, like you said. You know, They'd make the game and just leave it there. And I don't think there really was like... Um, a landscape for there to be, you know, esports and everything like that for Tekken. It was just kind of like that niche game. And so that was why in the past, you know, there weren't like frequent updates to the game just because there really, I think there weren't any reasons to kind of be so hands-on and everything. But as the years went on and as gaming became more of a thing, and especially if you look outside of fighting games to some of the other genres, it's like it's there's potential, right? And even... As traditional of a company, uh, you know, as like maybe Bandai Namco is being from Japan, you know, those guys are super traditional. Um, they saw they saw the light, I think, um, especially when Tekken 7 grew and grew and grew. And even now it's still growing four years in, uh, usually four years in a fighting game. The next one's already announced and you're looking forward to it. And it's that like that lame duck period where nobody's really playing. People are like branching out, trying other fighting games while they wait for their new favorite one to come out and everything. But Tekken's still going strong and Bandai Namco has done a really, really good job of capitalizing on the momentum. Uh, the developer, uh, Harada-san and now Michael Murray, they've been with the game for a long, long time. So just them being in charge and just, you know, trying to get those changes approved, trying to get everything done the right way. I think this 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 time around they they've it was everything's been perfect, you know what I mean? I'm not really a complaining type. I'm not going to talk down on the developers when my character's not good or when there's whatever whatever. Um, but just like being like that fly on the wall for the past two decades watching Tekken grow, it's it's truly been amazing to see them just regularly update the game and listen to the fans, take their input and everything. And it really shows, you know, we, we've got a great scene now. So I think that there's no like turning back at this point. It's it's more of a hands-on thing now, um, you know, ever since we started with the Tekken World Tour, you know, uh, it was Tekken wasn't the first fighting game to start uh, a season-long world global tour like that. It was really, I think, Street Fighter that started. And I think the success of the Capcom Pro Tour really opened up a lot of the developers' eyes. And now you got NetherRealm supporting big, big, big prize pool, that WB money, you know, Bandai Namco's coming in with the TWT. Almost every single fighting game has got the global tour. It's worth a shot for sure, and it brings a lot of like attention to your game. Um, yeah, I think we're on the right path. Yeah, my background for fighting games, I played Soul Calibur and MVC2, because that was what was at my arcade. <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, I, I got into Street Fighter 4 when that came out. Um, I, I really was excited before Street Fighter 5 came out, but that's kind of a controversial game, at least in some circles. Especially when it came out, I remember. Yeah. Well, yeah, when it came out, it was like the online play wasn't even... I mean, it was it was a joke, <laughs> yeah. basically. Um, but, you know, the, the game operates quite differently from 4, 
and there are people that that prefer four still um, to this day still to this day uh, is part of i guess for for the sake of this conversation is is are some of the mistakes that Capcom's made part of the reason why Tekken 7's so successful? Because right now, Tekken 7 is the biggest fighting game. I don't think it's more about just capitalizing on uh, Capcom's mistakes. I just, I just think that the way that things have been just create that perfect storm for Tekken to succeed at this point. Let's take, uh, you know, for example, Street Fighter. From game to game to game, a lot of times, like, Street Fighter is completely different when you go to the next, like, to the sequel. You know, Street Fighter 4 is totally different from Street Fighter 5, yeah. which is why all that, you know, you had a lot of controversy with when Street Fighter 4 was released. It was probably, it was so popular. It lasted a very, very long time. CPT was born, and it was perfect, right? Why did they change it? Why did they make almost a completely new game, new engine, new mechanics without even like knowing it was going to work. Like if it ain't broke, you don't want to fix it. Yeah, out of curiosity, just on that note, like is this a problem that happens in games in general sometimes where it seems like publishers are constantly having to innovate when maybe they don't need to? Need to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't speak to other games for the most part, but you look at StarCraft and its long history, it's still in essence a lot of a lot in a lot in many ways the same game. Yeah. You know, and maybe they catered to more uh, casual fans by making you able to select more units at once or whatever, but it's still it's still those three races, it's still the exact same game for the most part, and it's you versus that guy. I think with Tekken, uh, it's more like StarCraft where Tekken, you play Tekken three, it's gonna carry over Tekken four, and, and you know, and so on and so forth. It's like a never-ending story of just this game. And when Tekken was not that popular, it didn't matter because the game was so good. I knew in my mind that man, I wish we had. I was thinking like, I wish we had more people because I, I feel like as long as people started playing Tekken, they'd see why it was so good. As long as they could get past that barrier of, man, this is the hardest fighting game ever. I'm just gonna go play Street Fighter. I'm gonna go yeah. play more. I'm just this game is so hard. I quit. You know, once people got past that, that kind of that wall, and they're in, I felt like pe- everybody would fall in love with the game. And so when Tekken Seven came out, um, a lot of the hardcore fans, longtime fans, like the 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 loyalists, were kind of disappointed and upset that some of the changes made were catered to casual fans. You know, a lot of things are easier to do now in Tekken, and I remember that was kind of like. The most controversy that we've ever experienced, like just the changes, the the, the legacy things that they they kind of went back on and just just to try to make it easier. And then they added a lot of bells and whistles, like with the rage attacks and everything like that, taking up after Street Fighter, maybe, you know, um, there's more of like slow motion. Man, slow motion is good, right? Yeah, that's so there's slow cool. motion. There's a lot of like little spectator features added that kind of brought in a lot of new people. And now, you know, like I said, I felt like as long as people started playing, I think they're going to fall in love with the game. And that's kind of how it started. They never really went away from, you know, what the game was at its core. You know, Tekken 7 is still Tekken. And and I think that it's always going to be the case. And it's hard to say for other games because they're always experimenting. They're always trying to push, push the envelope. And sometimes it's not necessary. I think I think we just lucked out. Is would Tekken 8 be a good thing now? Or should they try to coast on Tekken 7? I mean, we know eventually there's going to be another Even, Tekken. Yeah. I mean, this is what game companies do, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there there is a profit model that they want to do. But I mean, when you look at Tekken 7, <clears throat> it seems so complete, at least to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a Tekken expert, but um, it a lot of love was put into that game. Uh, do, w- will there be a Tekken 8 sometime soon? And, and do they need it? I mean, at this point, we're kind of in uncharted waters. Yeah. Um, not only like has the game never been this popular, but like before, before Tekken Seven, there was never really 
uh, routine updates to the game. And now that Bandai Namco has gone this route and shown that it's a successful plan, you know, to kind of like continue to release new characters even three or four years into the game and kind of just keep uh, maintenance on it, it feels like a new game almost every single year. This is the third season of Tekken and kind of like, it's it's it feels very 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 fresh just because of the changes made. So at this point, I'm not really sure what you know what the best plan would be. I'm I wouldn't be surprised if they had Tekken Eight like two years ago. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And, and it was like, man, why even just have it? Tekken Seven is crazy. Um, if I was Bandai Namco, you know, I think it's hard to say because I, I I've never been the type to just put myself in those shoes you know I yeah. play the game they make it it's the best thing ever and I, and I leave it at that um, but when Tekken 8 comes out I think they're gonna still continue to do it's still continue to do well I think they saw what worked what didn't work and uh, that's one thing with Tekken is that like the improvements have always been good there's never been like uh, Tekken that came afterwards where it was like man this is not as good as the last Tekken They've all, it's always been a continuation of the previous uh, uh, the, the version um, I'm not really sure how you can even improve upon what Tekken 7 has done yeah. but with the balance team and everything those guys are geniuses you know to make such a well made game like that super complex but at the tam- same time so balanced uh, I don't I don't really need to make any suggestions or kind of fantasize I think they're gonna do it right and I'm always super confident in like that that side of things like the development team and everything just because every single tech I've loved more than the last yeah I don't know how true this is um, but it seems like you can almost play any character in Tekken like and, and not you specifically but but in general it, it seems like the game yeah. really is uh, sure. Incredibly, what, why do you think that is? Because a lot of games suffer from heavy imbalances, um, and they're still competitive. I mean, they're still very fun and playable. But you sort of there's characters you you would never touch, and um, or character combinations you'd never use. What? Why do you think Tekken has this formula that seems so uh, perfect? Yeah, it's ironic. I feel like uh, w- one of its obstacles from the past, you know, holding it back from being popular. It's kind of like the reason why, you know, it is so balanced. When you talk about Tekken and kind of the things keeping everybody from getting, you know, their foot in through that door, there's, it's a 3D game compared to most 2D games. So a lot of times the movement is just that, that in itself, it's so complex, just moving around on the stage. That's super hard to do. And every character has that long, extensive move list, sometimes over 100 attacks. Yeah. How to perform those attacks are very, very difficult sometimes. (laughs) So with that said, um, you can really do a lot with one character. You can really make them feel unique. And, you know, there are so many different types of tools that you have. And, and that, that creates for, like, uh, an easier balancing opportunity as opposed to Street Fighter where, like, eight characters have fireballs, eight characters have dragon punches. Um, outside of those, like, special six or seven special attacks, you have your basic punch, kick kind of things. And it's very... You know, I don't like bringing down other fighting games, but when I watch it compared to a game like Tekken, it's very, very just like um, unexciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah, feel like it's, it's not as complex. Yeah, it's not as complex, and you, it's more about just like who's got the fastest reactions, who's got the best character, uh, who's who's favored in this matchup. You know, Dalsum versus Angief. Dalsum always wins. You know, it's impossible, <laughs> but that's never been the case for Tekken. We had a low-tier bear user win the world championships two years ago. And that wasn't really even the first time that somebody put like underused characters on the map. It's been happening for for decades. Uh, that's kind of like what 
is, people... is, is that the a difference between 3D games and 2D games with fighting? Is it just something in the in the DNA of a 2D game that, in, in your opinion, it, it has to be more oh, simple? Or Not necessarily. Um, there have been good 2D games, bad 2D games, good 3D games, bad 3D games. I can't really say for sure, but I guess one thing that stands out uh, with Tekken is that there aren't a lot of, uh, like... It's it's more realistic. It's probably one of the most realistic in terms of martial arts and fighting styles. A lot of the characters being modeled after prominent figures in from like movies or just martial arts or fighting, for example. Um, you see videos comparing Jackie Chan, you know, do from his moves and Lei Wu Long, and, and so there aren't like swords and fire, but there isn't like all this fancy stuff that comes about, and 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 it kind of just cuts out all that stuff, and you just re- you really have just a fighting game, you know. You're not flying around the screen and everything. I don't know. It was. Uh, what, what did you think when they put Akuma into the the game? Was that? I was like, so excited. Yeah, so excited. Just just seeing that for the first time was kind of crazy. I didn't think that would happen or could even happen. You know, not in a million years. Yeah, it's, they're rivals and they're working side by side. Tekken yeah. versus Street Fighter. Street Fighter Cross Tekken came out a while ago, and that was really really cool to see. I was excited, um, regardless of how he turned out. You know, it was kind of like. That was that first of like good things that came with Tekken Seven, starting with that Akuma. Uh, once Akuma came out, it was it was like it brought a lot of Street Fighter people in. Yeah. And at the time, Street Fighter Five was newer, and he wasn't even in Street Fighter Five at the time. And a lot of play, we had a lot of uh, transplants just coming over from. Yeah. Coming from from Street Fighter, a lot of refugees, a lot of guys just were trying <laughs> out Tekken just because they hated their game. And like I said, that's why I think we lucked out. You know, it wasn't like sabotage or anything. It was just like the cars lined up, the stars aligned, and we were able to just kind of mind our own business, keep moving. You know, it didn't matter that our game wasn't popular. Our time came. Out of curiosity, what other games do you play? Because I've met people who are competitive who have never touched any other games, and then I meet people that are all about all kinds of games. Yeah. Uh, Right now, I'm not really playing too much of anything just because of Tekken 7 being such an amazing game. And I mentioned how, like, uh, every year, you know, there's there's that point in the year where they drop that new season. All these characters are coming out, like, every other month. So it's always still feels like I'm playing a new game. Yeah. That's why like I'm just still hooked to this game. Uh, but before, like for example, when maybe I'm waiting on the new Tekken to come out and there aren't really any tournaments, I've dabbled in a lot of uh, competitive esports games. Yeah. Almost everything maybe except for first-person shooters just because I get like motion sickness just uh, moving yeah. around like yeah. for Call of Duty. But uh, I remember playing Brood War back in the day. I remember playing Warcraft 3. I've played, uh, like I said, those, those light gun shooters. I get like addicted very easily to games. Yeah. So that's why I try to stay away because I know it's going to cut into my Tekken time. Yeah. Uh, maybe like a couple of weeks ago, I downloaded Clash Royale. I gave in because all my friends are playing it. And I there's, there's tournaments for that, man. I know, I know. Like There's, Clash Royale there's Red Bull athletes yeah. for Clash Royale. Yeah. And even playing a simple phone game, like, I, I really appreciate how deep it was, right? So yeah. I like to play other games because sometimes they could even help me like have a better mind or like find new strategies and taking yeah. as silly as that sounds, just taking a break from your game and coming to another game and seeing how you should think, you know, how you should approach playing this other game. Then you come back to Tekken after a long time and it's like, you're still playing as a, a street fighter player. You know, I yeah. play street fighter of course. And, and kind of, that's what makes you, you know, that's what kind of 
could help you go to that next level you need to think outside of your box you know that tekken box so if you're if you're like well versed in multiple fighting games there's a reason for that because you have like a you have a good like fighting game brain that you can apply to other games and i think that's the case not only within like a fighting game genre but like outside you know what i mean yeah just, just playing other games that are, that are like heads up kind of games so anything pretty much like where you're playing another opponent the only kind of games that i never really played were like the one player games for example, single player like, games. Yeah, I never played like Final Fantasy or any of those big single player games just because it's lonely playing by yourself. And oh, like, so you're all multiplayer then. Mm-hmm. Now, I just <laughs> do. Do you like team games at all though, or do you like multiplayer? I played games League of Legends like? and everything. Yeah. I enjoyed okay. it. Um, I think I quit League of Legends just because like it was the the last draw came when I played like an hour long game just to like lose one fight. And have the and we were winning the whole game, but you yeah, know, you know the way it works. Like the later the game goes, pretty much like you lose one fight and it's yeah, done. Yeah, then you're out of the it's game just a for big longer. Waste and long, of time. Yeah, yeah. And I was just so upset. I stopped, but I played that game for like a good two, three years. Yeah, I'll try anything that's popular. You know, Overwatch yeah. came out. I tried it. It was a little bit better than playing like Call of Duty. Just, just like I played Diva in Overwatch. Yeah, and uh, it resembled a fighting game in a lot of ways. That character, the way that she played. He's a big robot just flying around punching people. Yeah, Overwatch is almost like a, it's, it's like a, a boba almost yeah. in, in some ways. I enjoyed that game, but yeah, these days just Tekken is too good. Yeah, how was this interview, by the way? We're wrapping it up here. It was dope, man. Yeah. Like, Thank I, you for I doing was it. just trying so hard to like not fanboy, <laughs> just because I played StarCraft. I'm, I'm knowing I met you at like twice. Once yeah, in, we, like, met MLG in or we met in Busan. We met in Busan at the tournament. Where I actually, I need to put this in the in the video. I need to put the casting of that because that was weird. <laughs> oh, well, you... I, I should I should clarify too because the people are going to see this and be like, why the fuck is this guy <laughs> yeah. at Evo? We um, got offered to do a StarCraft gig in Busan, and uh, but the, in the contract we had to cast Counter Strike, and and FIFA, the, and all that stuff. Yeah, we had, we had, well, it was Counter Strike and Tekken Seven and, and Brood War, which is kind of an unusual mix. Mm-hmm. And they said they were only going to get one commentator set for the whole thing and so this is right when uh starcraft There's no one won. else better than you guys <laughs> well, i guess it might well, as well I mean, right the, the tekken 7 i tried to do all this research for the game and it's like fuck man this is really mm-hmm. complicated and you know the, the tempo for casting a fighting game is uh so different yeah than you know with starcraft. i enjoyed it because i always liked yeah. an outsider's perspective being just immersed in that tekken world most of my life yeah. it's it's cool to see like what somebody else thinks about the game or how they view the game and it's really cool to just it was cool to listen to you guys commentate and kind of build off what you would learn as as, as it went on yeah we, we were trying to have because we have a lot of respect for Tekken I mean if you're in Korea you you yeah. know about Tekken everybody plays it um, him and I both Artosis and I picked up Street Fighter for a little while we were hoping that there would be more gigs in Korea mm-hmm. to do stuff there um, but we've always known Tekken was just, it's so hard and it's so big in Korea. And there isn't much English commentary for it out there. Uh, but we got this uh, offer, so we did it. We had a lot of fun casting it. It was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that was a very, that's, I'm, that's the only time I've really done a tournament that was like that. Yeah. But uh, it was really cool. And, you know, the, the fans are so, they're so into it. Yeah. You know, it's so fun to see everybody follow it. And I think there's just something about fighting games that are so consumable compared to other. Yeah, the guys beating esports. up another guy. Yeah, that's all you gotta talk about. Dang, just kick them in the face, you know? Yeah, exactly. And watching the bar shrink Super down easy. and uh, seeing people come back—it's really cool. Um, well, I, thank you so much for doing yeah. this. I'm gonna wrap this up. We have like a short after show for Patreon yeah. supporters. We just keep talking for a little bit longer, but uh, yeah, thank you for doing this, Appreciate man. It, man. All right, and then we just keep talking. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, dude, this is fucking cool. Thank you for, for doing sure, this. For sure, man.
Guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, we have plenty more interviews from Evo to come. Um, it was fun. It was really cool going to an event um, and, and hanging out down there uh, as a fan. Uh, I've always loved fighting games, and I love uh, the culture behind it. Um, so, again, thank you, Anakin, for taking the time to sit down and talk to me. Again, guys, uh, if you can support us on Patreon, it really means a lot. Patreon.com forward slash Podcast. This podcast was produced by State, artwork by Alaris, music by Mark Lentz. Special thanks to our top supporters at Patreon, Seth N. Rohit Zambadi and Charlie Sheever.